Radio Lockdown is a Neptune podcast. Katie, Katie knew what to do, so just to cheer up the boy she knew, she made the gang thing this morning. Oh, it's like awful, it's not really dark. Totally weird headshots. Sorry, she just suggested some cereal, it's fine. Oh, that's good, okay, cool. Everything's, everything's okay. Very bad, Katie, she's sorry. I really hope it's not one of those old-timey songs where you realise, like, much later down the track, it's just an old-timey metaphor for doing it or something. (laughs) The intermission is now over. The snack bar is now closed. Return to your seats and return to our feature presentation. Wait, (laughs) that might be the wrong (laughs) tone. That's the intermission alarm. The scary (laughs) intermission alarm. Yeah, you go get back to your seats. Do you not get terrified when the dingy noise comes on at the theatre? Ding, ding. Why am I already in my seat? Oh, I hate my friends who want to get snacks. <laughs> no, just me? Cool. Got to power down this up and go. It's not food, Justin. <laughs> it's the thing, right? I'm going to have food afterwards. Then what's the point of it? Just drink a glass of milk. Like, what are you doing? Why would I have milk? <laughs> Why would you have up and go? Why would I have milk instead of up and go? You think I drink enough milk in a week for it not to go off? Yeah, I, I, I can't be impartial here. I drink milk like water. It's becoming a real problem. I mean, let me rephrase. It's always been a problem, but <laughs> it's the problem has mutated over the years. For a while there, I was really poor. So it's like you can't buy milk because you just drink it way too quickly. And then you just have to buy more milk and you'll be in this cycle. And we can't, we can't be having that. Drink more water. It's better for you. And now it's like, Darcy, you have enough money to buy as much milk as you've ever wanted, but you cannot drink that much. You are getting older. Your body is not processing calcium appropriately anymore. It stops doing that at a certain point. So I'm not making my bones stronger. I'm just enjoying milk. This is actually one of the things they were discussing at the World Hereford Conference was how to get Darcy to keep buying milk. Honestly, I'm keeping countries afloat, mate. Don't even. (laughs) Between my takeaway and my milk drinking, the nation's economy rests with me. So the New Zealand government have turned the focus of their successful Unite Against COVID-19 public information campaign towards Unite for the Recovery, replacing social distancing instructions with messages around jobs, training, and how to get milk to Darcy. (laughs) That's what they need to do. Yep. It's, it's a well-recognised part of many cultural economies. There's a question, and, and this question kind of also applies to the WA example, of whether it was brave or foolish to say, damn the economic consequences. But looking at the data, I don't actually believe New Zealand did say that. And I don't think WA have said it either. They've said, we've got a good chance of beating this thing, and if we do, we can get everything up and running again with confidence. If the old adage were true and the markets are strong in times of certainty, it's actually kind of unclear if that's true at the moment because, like, in the US, markets are doing fine at the moment and the US is not in a time of certainty, I would say. 
But it's crazy. But let's let's set that aside. If, as we at least believed at the start of the year, markets are strong in times of certainty, then New Zealand presumably has set themselves up well by taking this risk, right? Like they're acknowledging we may lock it all down and we still get some spread, and that would suck. But mm. we're gonna, you know, what what I'm saying is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, what are you saying, Justin? Lowering the certainty of death, large chance of success. What are we waiting for? (sighs) (laughs) I'm ruining three films for you at once. It's quite efficient. To be honest, the only way you could ruin it for me is if you somehow go back in time and just repeatedly smash up Viggo Mortensen's face. That is a beautiful man. I know, right? Also, fun fact. So when we were in New Zealand, we did basically a tour of Middle Earth. We were like, yeah, cool. Tell us about New Zealand. Well, JK, what happened in the movies here? So due to that, I have a lot of facts about the making of it, which I don't necessarily want to have, but now I need to share with everybody that I've ever met. Share them all on this podcast. The reason that they got beautiful Vigo to be the most perfect, perfect Aragorn. Initially, Stuart Townsend was cast, but he was stirring up trouble with the younger lads, the Hobbits, Little Frodo, barely 18. Such a baby. Anyway, he was drinking too hard and partying too hard, so they were like, get rid of him. I mean, allegedly. This is gossip. Allegedly. He wasn't, but he was being led astray by Stuart Townsend. So got rid of him, and then like, fuck, we need an Aragorn. Ah." Peter Jackson's lovely wife had the best idea of all. She's like, hey, I just watched the Sandra Bullock movie. 28 days. It's one about her in recovery. So it's not the Danny Boyle rage zombies. Ignore that. But it's got 28 days in it somehow. She's like, there's a guy in there who irons a shirt. You need to see him. <laughs> I've gone back and watched just that scene. And yeah, she's right. You should watch that man iron a shirt. It's real good. <laughs> and you should cast him in a multi-million dollar movie. <laughs> and he nails it. The film you're thinking of is... Miss Congeniality. It's really not. Speed. It's not that one either. In between Speed and Miss Congeniality. That's where I'm pitching this timeline. The Prince of Egypt. Oh, why are you just... just Practical magic. Um, Hang on. I'm going to look it up. It's a movie made in 2000. It's called 28 Days. It's a drama comedy. He's a co-star of the film. You made it sound like he was barely in it. Well, to be fair, I haven't gone back and watched it. I have watched just him ironing a shirt. <laughs> You know what he is in that film? He's a famous baseball player. <laughs> callbacks on callbacks on callbacks. Take me out to the ball game. That's wild. Well, that sounds like Ms. Peter Jackson knew what she was talking about. Now I have to find out her name. Please. Give me a minute. It's important. <laughs> Welcome to the Googling shit show. Fran Walsh is her name. She's very important. She was a partner in the filmmaking. She's not just his wife. She co-wrote the films. Exactly. Okay, Fran so Walsh. so Dave Fran Walsh, Fran Walsh. important Killing person it. in her own right. Yes, that's why okay. I had to look up her name. I'm not a terrible person. Oh, I see. Yes, Ms. Peter Jackson herself, whose name appears in the credits of all the films, which is why I remember who she is, because I watched all of them yesterday. <laughs> and then instead of sleeping, I wrote puns. Thank God, Dominic West is in this movie. Should I rewatch this movie in its entirety? Elizabeth... Okay, focus. Alan Tiddick, I'm focused. <laughs> Let's both commit to re-watching, and by that I mean watching for the first time the film 28 Days. Before then... Steve Buscemi? Oh, no, I'm super focused. What? Yep, before then, we'll have another chat about economies and, and Australia and New Zealand. While almost every economic indicator in New Zealand 
remains in the red. Many are improving week over week. Business confidence is improving and building works are expected to return to normal. While many people continue to apply for unemployment benefits, wage subsidies have dramatically reduced and retail spending has returned to above March levels. For now, the way to New Zealand is shut. (laughs) But soon we'll be able to fly, you fools. So you're going to say speak friend and enter Melon. 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 I'm so sad that I haven't, I should warn you at this point, I've not managed to get any references to Gollum in here, which is really sad because um, I wanted to do a Gollum. That was my Gollum cough. Hey. I'm sorry, what was your Gollum cough? Please repeat it. Did you miss it? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's iconically and eerily accurate. Uh, that's my attempt. It was good. The problem is you said munchings and crunchings in a previous mm-hmm. show. Yes, I did. And I didn't get that reference, so Ellen and I had to watch The Black Cauldron. Oh, I'm so happy. How weirdly perfect is that pig? That pig is spectacular. It's so goddamn cute. I love that pig. But of course, uh, munchings and crunchings uh, oh, yeah. is is Gurgi in that film. And it is somewhere between uh, Stitch, which is a bit of a higher one, and then Gollum, which is... Like, it's very, like guttural and throaty and it's kind of weird that Andy Serkis has said that his golem is not based on Gurgi because having now seen that how they're (laughs) they're so similar but I suppose maybe they're just both based on book golem it's what's the um oh there's a science phrase where two people create the same thing completely separate from each other I mean I want to say convergent evolution but that's not the same for the thinking right that's the that's the that's the yeah the same thing creates on different it's it's um, like what happened with calculus right it's it's just like yeah like like people invented it separately in different locations and some inventions where they're like wait you stole this and they're like no there's literally no way (laughs) historians tore it apart they're like no you must be lying and they're like, no, he's completely separate. The phrase we're looking for here is multiple discovery. Yeah, it could be that. Just that some people, some ideas just bubble up. And I suppose that is like a fun voice to do. Like when you're in that range, you're just having a good time all around. (laughs) Anyway. Ohana means family. Oh, he's so small. Family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. (laughs) It's just such a good movie because... No, absolutely. Ah. Anyway, Nani's such a good older sister. Kids are hard and weird. This is why Disney owns the whole world. Those fuckers know. It's because they keep making good shit. It sucks. Turns out that if you own every cool creative person, you'll end up making cool things. It's wild. Anyway, focusing... I'm so glad you watched the Munchings and Crunchings movie. <laughs> Munchings and Crunchings. So, <laughs> it's the best. Blah, 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 blah. The way is shut, but soon you'll be able to fly, you fools. As Australia works to suppress the virus, its elimination in New Zealand might allow for the creation of a regional travel bubble with Australia, as well as Pacific countries free of COVID-19 like Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, and East Timor. As ANZ New Zealand's chief economist Sharon Zollner told the AAP, 
there's a tourism-sized hole in our economy, referring to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. International tourism accounts for 5% of New Zealand's gross domestic product. And while regional tourism won't fill that hole, a large amount of tourism in New Zealand does come from Australia and any at all might provide some much needed relief for the sector. While a travel bubble may allow Australians to compete with New Zealanders for New Zealand jobs, it will also potentially allow New Zealanders access to recovering Australian markets. So that kind of back and forth will stimulate both it will be good for both economies mm -hmm. because we don't have everything that new zealand has and new zealand doesn't have everything that we have we have some pretty cool stuff they might want to have a look at it it's almost like trade can be good for economies this is this is a new principle that i'm floating here you know what you don't learn a lot about trade in lord of the rings trade's not really raised as an issue not really i don't think that's true i think there's trade in lord of the rings Explain yourself. Well, they talk about the, uh, I guess. It's not really a focus at any point. It's not like, you know, the prequel Star Wars where they're like a trade delegation, blah, 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 blah. They're going into the Senate. Yeah, No yeah, one's yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's more that. No one's like... sitting down between Rohan and Gondor and going, guys, we have gutted each other's economies by not talking. They're all, the watchtowers are lit. War, woo! Yeah, I, I suppose people hate each other enough that different groups of people have learnt to thrive on different stuff they have because they're so anti-sharing it with anybody. But I suppose that is kind of where some of the people have developed their power is like by traveling between cities and bringing strange curiosities from other lands and stuff that's why gandalf is cool right because he can bring like as well as he does magic I mean, yeah yeah <laughs> it's magic but he also like brings fireworks the fire he doesn't does he make the fireworks himself i thought the fireworks were just brought from elsewhere i don't know but by gosh do i know some people i'm gonna ask once we're done here yeah yeah it's yeah. not just the internet like normal i'm gonna ask some actual people at the very least border control and military defense is the films so certainly <laughs> controlling borders making decisions about when you should allow people to go places it was a relevant franchise to watch <laughs> i've got some mates who their arguments about the prequels of star wars they talk about i'm kind of interested in the trade delegations what's going on there and they turned out to be big history nerds <laughs> no one is shocked by that I'm, read I'm... june just go read june <gasps> they are and the thing is, that was <laughs> on the weekend, right? We went to a beach location. Don't know if you know this. It's very cold outside, Justin. I do know this. We did actually go for a brief swim. But also, someone brought June, the board game. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've heard about this board game. Fucking mess. I was napping. So I was in and out of it. And every now and again, I pop my head up and go, who's winning? And you can imagine how successful that as a statement was because it's one of those really complex games yeah, yeah. where like someone's really down on their gold, but they have soldiers behind them. And then the, now I want to say worm. Yes, the worm might be coming. The worm turns, Justin. It could have fucked everything up. Much like an Australian political debate from the 90s. <laughs> the worm is the deciding factor. <laughs> that is a niche reference for no one. Uh, anyway, um trade well because it's so important that the spice can flow <laughs> we may end up in a weird position where australia opens up its national borders before certain australian states open up their state borders new zealand prime minister ardern has said that neither australia nor new zealand are ready just yet noting concerns about recent cases of community transmission in victoria at 
time of recording. We're starting to get to the bits of this that are right now. So might change. I'm now going to start saying at time of recording about (laughs) stuff. But as she's said elsewhere, this isn't in relation to this, but she's said elimination is not a point in time. It's a sustained effort. And you can understand why Ardern would be reticent to risk the nation's new gold status of a sort, especially going into winter when the virus will potentially be stronger. People's immune systems are compromised for other reasons. It's also unclear whether Australian states that match New Zealand's elimination status would be looking at waiting the 14-day quarantine to enter the country or be looking at quarantine-free entry. Mm. That is kind of a, a, a further question. But New Zealand has put itself in a strong place should the virus crop up again. Ardern's deputy Prime Minister and I think Foreign Affairs Minister Winston Peters has contradicted Ardern and backed direct flights between New Zealand and Tasmania, saying, quote, let's not restrain the movement between our two countries based on the slowest state in Australia. Australian Tourism Minister Simon Birmingham has shared that statement saying that the longer Australian states keep their borders closed, the more, quote, pain their economies, businesses and jobs will face. And I think that's a bit gross, honestly. Like, I I do think it's important that we talk about, like, opening up the economies and, and it will be important to people. But the idea of a business feeling pain is kind of dystopian when you're talking about continuing to have restrictions in place to stop a virus from spreading and actually killing people. Like, it's it's a bit of doublespeak to talk about the pain that businesses feel. They should just say businesses will have difficulty and, and, and will struggle to make money. They're anthropomorphizing to elicit a more emotive response. But we shouldn't have as emotive a response towards damage to businesses as we have towards damage to people's health, right? Like, I don't know. I do think it's important that Australia reopens some borders, but this is a serious thing. It's not like other viruses. It's interesting. You know, when, when we hear, all right, we're doing really well, we're relatively safe, the concern that you over-relax Right. You know, like you've adapted to the new circumstances, which is good. It's what keeps humanity alive, always adapting. Very good thing. But you've adapted to the new circumstances so well that in your mind, you know, you start reaching for the next thing. We were in danger and now we are relatively safe. And are we overreaching now to be like, no, we're totally safe. We should be able to fly to New Zealand. Why does New Zealand not want us? We're very safe. You're like, oh, we're not as safe as New Zealand, though. Especially for countries like Samoa and Tonga that have not had any cases of the virus, I believe, at all. I will absolutely be correcting that if it's if it's wrong in an edit. That's right. As of the start of this week, there have been no cases in the Pacific nations of Samoa and Tonga, as well as Kiribati, the Marshall Islands, Micronesia, Nauru, Palau, the Solomon Islands, Tuvalu, and Vanuatu. Those are countries that have small populations that are very restricted in movement. Like Australia is in a great position to wait this out to keep distance from one another. We have boundless planes to share at an appropriate distance. But the bubble will definitely be established at some point and and should be established at some point based on the wisdom of scientists and not based on the wisdom of economists. I'm just going to put that one out there. Maybe it should be based on doctors. shut up, Justin. I want to go to New Zealand, like, right now. I mean, I've, I just watched the films. I get it, Darcy. I oh, get it. Oh, so pretty. Oh, I so, oh it's so lovely. It's so, so pretty. pretty. It's so gorgeous. So of course. We probably don't want everyone there to die. So should probably not. <laughs> I mean, the movies showed that it is very pretty when everyone's dying. So... <laughs> no, it's not. Those are the bad parts. Justin, you're not watching it right. It's still pretty when that's happening. 
That's a super dark way to look at those movies. Yeah, Peter Jackson, that's on your head. It's like Boromir's, Boromir's carking it, and you're like, wow, those trees are gorgeous. Those are some lovely trees. Maybe I should visit that forest. They are some forest. very lovely trees. I have visited that forest. Oh, why did you decide to talk about New Zealand with me? It's a terrible... The Logan Paul approach to tourism. So once the bubble is Ugh. established... <laughs> you know, I didn't know who he was, and then I went, the YouTube hole is very, very dark. But um, someone mentioned him, and then I was like, well, I should Google that because they sound like they hate him. And I was like, ah, gross. Why is YouTube full of assholes? He is very popular, and I hope that his popularity is not because of who he is as a person and the values he has espoused. So once the bubble is established, and as I said, it probably will be established. It's just a question of when. New Zealand and Australia will decide together how it should be extended to other Pacific nations. It will be a long time before coronavirus is extinct in the wild. Until it's eradicated, and eradication being distinct from elimination, eradication being what we have with smallpox. What we had with measles. Right. <laughs> Nations around the world will have to find other ways to support one another while remaining wary about where they draw their boundaries inside and outside. It does just a good lesson to take yeah, as a human being. It's important to draw boundaries about your insides and your outsides as well. As a human. As we learn to draw boundaries with one another, <laughs> boundary setting is important as we move out of lockdown. Don't just suddenly take all your social engagements on. Mm-hmm. We should take the same approach as a nation, I think. We should be wary. We should be careful. We should follow good advice and be sensible. It's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those are the stories that stayed with you. That meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. It's just a really nice thing to say. <laughs> Stupid Sam, he's so lovely. When we flew to New Zealand, I don't know if this happens to you, but when I get to altitude, apparently it's very easy for me to cry. Like, just that's a that's a scientific thing. Like people. Wait, is it? Yeah, in general. <laughs> yes, good, 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 good. It's easier to cry at films at altitude. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna even if you're just just playing with me, I'm gonna accept. No, no, it no. Because... That, that, I, sw- I swear, I believe it as I'm saying it to you. It may be false, but I'm not saying it to fuck with you. <laughs> Okay. A correlation between increased altitude and increased crying is an unconfirmed but widely documented phenomenon, with proposed factors including stress, dehydration, and sleep deprivation. So, thank God that's a bit of an explanation, because... To be fair, I might have cried at this anyway. So we're flying Air New Zealand and their safety announcements are done by people from the movies. And it's Lord of the Rings themed, or it was last time we went. And it's Frodo putting on a seatbelt and the music comes in. And <laughs> all the just start crying. Now, hang on. My mate who I'm traveling with is like, what are you, like, we're talking about oxygen masks. And I'm there just going, they're so small. Now, now, Darcy, generally those announcements are very early in the flight. So you would not be at the altitude. Shh. <laughs> I might have been anyway. Maybe they did it, like, well after they were supposed to. Let's, let's, let's. Gosh, I hope so. I hope they were criminally irresponsible. I'm like, goddamn, leaky faucet. They changed it for the flight back, I guess. The next time I was flying in New Zealand, it was about their ice exploration exhibitions. But I had to do from Entourage. I don't watch Entourage. You, I knew him. Did you cry at that? I didn't. Wait, I might have a little bit. <laughs> 
I knew it was the guy from Devil Loves Prada who was very unsupportive. He's like, oh, I need to be a chef. It's more important than your thing. <laughs> Man, I do like that plot of the Devil Wears Prada. Screw that guy. Well, it gets really confusing because you're like, Simon Baker's the bad guy, which I'm against as a rule because the man looks really good in a vest. You're saying that the fact that he wears a vest is a positive attribute and not a warning sign. Oh, no, that's a good point. I say this as a man who wears vests. But in reality, yeah. Vests are great at making you look good, but I would like to be a person that looks good in vests. I would not like to be a person that regularly wears vests. Yeah, if I didn't know you and I just saw you on the street, I'd be like, this guy. I mean, I do believe if I'm remembering correctly... I've done that to you, just... No, I I believe if I'm remembering correctly, I have a vest in my profile picture, but (laughs) setting that aside... You look look sketchy. (laughs) No, I just look queer and wonderful and like a hobbit man that I am. Yeah, we should all just strive to look a little bit like Bilbo. He looks so cozy. I'm going to cry again. God damn it. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something. Godspeed, New Zealand, you beautiful nation. The little bit where he's like, I wish I wish Bilbo had never picked up that ring. And, you know, it's like, so do all people that live to see such times. Yes. Such a good line. You're like, ah, he's so small and he's trying so hard. I tried to make that work as well. <laughs> There are lots of quotes that I tried to ram into this <laughs> six-page explainer. So, Upshot, watch watch New Zealand space. We might be able to go over there. And um, if anyone's interested, you should go to the weather workshop for sure. You should definitely take the tour of Wellington because for a surprisingly urban area, you get surprisingly wooded shots of Lord of the Rings films there. And also you can see the Bowls Club where what we did in the shadows – have like a, they like a social there, which is really fun. Excuse me, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to pry, but are you uh, are you um, predeceased? <laughs> oh yeah. dear. Oh, Justin, I do have to ask. So when New Zealand opens up and the bubble is here and we're all excited, what extreme thing would you do? Because New Zealand, wildly known for its extreme sports, what extreme thing would you choose to do in New Zealand? Now, I do want to restate that we are calling it officially the Bubble Bilbo. The Bubble Bilbo. We want to coin that term. We want to make sure that... The Bubble Bilbo. Bubble Bilbo. We want to popularise that as a phrase. Um, the Bubble Bilbo. The, Bilbo the extreme thing, uh, mm-hmm. leaving my house. <laughs> Justin, you're not entering into the spirit of this. I'm not sure. So what my friend did to trick me into it, it was give me the illusion of choice, right? So there's a few options you could take. Would you go bungee jumping, white water rafting, skiing, or let's say hang gliding? Uh, so. I mean, some combination of all four if you want to. Go nuts. Bungee jumping, no, because... I would prefer to do something which is a period of high risk, but there is not necessarily like one moment that is just the worst. Like bungee jumping, as as someone with like legitimate anxiety issues, not not that anyone has illegitimate anxiety issues. I just mean like like I <laughs> I have it's a real fear. <laughs> I mean I have the good shit is what I'm saying. As someone with that, I do not want to have one concentrated moment. I wanna I want to be doing something like I I actually quite like the idea of whitewater rafting because it's 
intense, but you also like are in the hands of professionals. You know what you're doing and other people, I suppose that's the same with bungee jumping. I haven't, haven't told you about um, yes. the time I went. Yeah. <laughs> but I need you to retell it for posterity. Oh, it's such a good story. Mainly because of the other parties involved, not because of my actions at all. Of course. I agree with you on the bungee jumping thing, though. I, I was so sure I would be able to do it. And then we went up on a cable car in Queenstown and we watched people bungee jump and I could feel my heart in my throat like I was chewing on aorta yes it was I was just like oh and that was just watching other people do it it's voluntarily choosing to step off into the abyss which no and technically whitewater rafting is something you could get better at I guess but it basically choosing whitewater rafting meant I was complicit in every moment of my fear like I had to be partaking in it whereas in bungee jumping it would have been over over quicker you know so swings and roundabouts I feel like I would also be pro skiing, anti hang gliding for the same reason. Anyway, tell us your white ra- what, what, tell us your rafting story. <laughs> white water rafting. This is one of those stories that I love to tell because, again, everything about me screams that I very rarely leave the couch. So I like being like, bam, I did this thing once. <laughs> After much cajoling and trickery, and me definitely consenting to do it, my friend has is, 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 is definitely taken my thoughts into consideration. She's a very good friend, and I shouldn't say, shouldn't, shouldn't phrase it like she forced me to. I definitely agreed to do it, and it was really fun. So. After she twisted your arm and made you whitewater rafting. No. <laughs> so I chose out of the options to go whitewater rafting. And then we had the discussion about, because we wanted a big night out at some point. Yeah. And so we were like, well, what activity will we do hungover? And one of the days we were going to go horse riding. And she was like, man, we're not going horse riding hungover. I'm like, you would prefer to go whitewater rafting hungover? And she's like, yeah, you can get in the water and it'll feel nice. And honestly, we did go horse riding and I would not have wanted to do that hungover. Yeah. So she, good choices were made by all, you know? I mean, obviously not drinking was an option, but shut up, you nerd. We at Radio Lockdown do not think that. We were nerds and we got very drunk. So, you know, it's for everybody. We're not condoning it. We at Radio Lockdown are not exactly criticizing nerds, given that this is a podcast largely about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so we had a lovely time having many beverages in Queenstown. There's an ice bath. It's good fun. Turns out that it had a saddle made of ice, which is really what you want if you're someone who's not used to horse riding and then goes horse riding. We did it in the daytime. And it's a bit like spin class, like all of your area. You just want that to be numb now because it hurts. So you go into an ice bar and you get on an ice saddle and you're like, oh my God, did they know? Did they plan this? Anyway, it was a good moment. But after a while, you, you worry that you're going to get stuck there or something's not going to work again. You know, eventually you want to have kids maybe, so you have to get off. I don't, but go for it. <laughs> you just, just ice it up. Don't worry about it. Then. Anyway, we drank a lot. We woke up and had to wake up early to get to the place. So we had to walk into town which is a downhill. We were high up on the hill in Queenstown. Queenstown is basically built on a slant. And um, all I could think was, oh, God, at some point we're going to have to walk up that gross. There's just a photo of me with death in my eyes as I look to my friend as we're waiting for the safety demonstration in this shop front as we wait for all the other people to arrive. The bus driver explains we have to drive to where the river is. It is one of the most dangerous drives. I think it was number two in the world. 
So I'm not very good with heights. We're about an inch from the edge of a cliff. I close my eyes because I'm like, nah. And I just try and sleep because, again, very hungover. At this point, and this is of note, the instructor realizes that Emma and I are hungover. And uh, he takes note of that. And then (laughs) we have to strip down to bikinis and then strip back into wetsuits, which is always fun, especially when there are more attractive people on the tour with you and you're very hungover. You know, it's just the best. It's exactly what you want to do. So far, you've told two stories of your travels on the podcast. This and the... The, <laughs> the Looney Duke. The Looney Duke. I, I did cut most of that story, but I'm just going to... I know, it was amazing. Everyone just imagine <laughs> that this story is that story. Uh, they are basically very similar in elements and that I am very hungover and then... Me and my friend go somewhere with very cold water. I'm just imagining that that is roughly your travel experiences in most locations around I'm the world. Honestly, that and karaoke is the, the things that we try to do. I'm very concerned that we've set a precedent now enough that this is a thing that I have to do. The karaoke I'm fine with. That's a good time. Anyway. You are the Carmen San Diego of hungover ice baths. <laughs> so I am top to tails in safety gear and wetsuitery. And we jump on and our guide is a Tibetan dude and he's talking to us about, you know, like this is going to be a really fun time, telling us a bit about his family back home and things like that. And just basically being a really cool, very calm customer. And we're at this like level part of the river and he's explaining to us that the weather has been quite choppy recently. So there'll be this part of the river where they don't really, it's hard to predict and people often tip over. And as he says that, he's like, oh, actually we're in a calm part of the river now. So if anyone wants to jump in and no one wants to jump in, it's fucking freezing. He goes, oh, you guys, you guys from the bus, you're all over. And we're like, ah, yeah, yeah. And then as my friend goes to, he starts poking her with his oar. She doesn't have an option to not go in the water at this point. She roped you into this, so I feel... Oh, yeah, very much so. It is her fault. Oh, the thing was that made it terrible is she's having the time of her life. (laughs) She is so excited. She's like, yeah, all right, I'll get in the water. Ooh, that's bracing. What a fun time. I'm like, I'm going to fucking die. I'm going to die at this river. (laughs) So... You two are the yin and yang. (laughs) We balance each other out. We both jump in and now we're both soaked. We're the people that he's decided to, you know, if he's talking a class and suddenly you're the person that the teacher will call on to answer questions. We're those people for him now. Oh, good. We start rowing and we make the first fall, like the first rapid, I guess. And we're okay. But he's like, guys, you're not rowing in time. And I'm like making side eyes at my mate going like, I'm rowing my hardest. Are you rowing your hardest? And we can see the people in front of us do not have great rhythm and keep whacking me with their oars. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and I really want to tattle because that's the kind of person I am. I want to lean back to our guy and be like, it's these guys. But we get to the second, the second rapid or whatever. And this is the part where he has just explained that a rock has fallen in. So it's a bit unpredictable. Super fun time, Justin. And we're going over. And because we're shit at rowing in time, we immediately flip. Good. Yep, great. great. Now we're all in the water. And the two kids just like i'm 100 percent sure i'm drowning you know you're going it's basically a person but in a washing machine but it's the outdoors and freezing i bob up oh thank god i'm not dead that's great one of my feet is colder than the other but i'm not thinking about that too much because i've got onto the rope of the boat and i need to pull myself up but i've been rowing so hard that i have no 
no energy in my arms anymore, Justin. I can't get myself back up in the boat, which is the only place I've ever wanted to be. <laughs> my friend, I should point out, is very much already in the boat, having a great time. She loves the boat. Oh, loves the boat. The boat is her friend. Yeah. Big, big ass grin. And um, the girl that sat was sitting in front of me that I was like, oh, this bitch, can she just row already? She actually lifts me in. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I should speak nicer about you in my head. Anyway, we're bonded for life, <laughs> me and that chick now. I'm like, everybody, shut up. She's doing great. She's not. She's barely putting her paddle in the water. She's great. She's a hero. She saved your life. She is a hero to me. She's a complex character is the thing. This is the reason this story is not being told in purgatory. Exactly. It's at this point that I realize why one of my feet is colder than the other. When you go in, you have two booties to put on to keep your feet warm. (laughs) And uh, one is like a little slick one, like a thing that you'd wear like an Olympian to keep your hair under. And then another one is like a scuba diving one. And I have lost both of them, but only on one foot. And the instructor is like, oh, no, do you want mine? And I, like an idiot, say, no, it'll be fine. And he, like a genius, says, well, you could put, like, one of your other ones on the other foot and it'll probably be okay. So I do that, and thank God I do. We make the next rapid fine. We go through a tunnel. My friend gets to steer. She's having the best time. She's claustrophobic and she's still having fun in the tunnel. That's how cool it is. But at the end, we do get out and I'm like, oh my God, I can't feel my foot. <laughs> we have to pull the the boat up onto the shore and I'm doing the most half-assed effort. Like it's it's rocky and my foot hurts and I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> and we get up and we have to hand all of our gear back. And I'm just done by this point. And I go to hand up my one slippery shoe and my one like wetsuit one and the guy just looks at me and he goes where's the other one and he's just in this very very sad plaintive voice go it's in the river (laughs) and he looks at me and and he waves me onto the showers and it's at that point when I realized me and Emma didn't bring towels Some bitch bought shampoo, I can smell it. We're like, well, I guess we're going to smell like the river. So how does this story end with you just being like river hags? River damp. We we have showers, we pat off with our own damn clothes. (laughs) We we hobble off up the vertical Queenstown topography to find our car. It's beautiful. Queenstown is gorgeous. I was looking at photos of it because that's, again, where the World Hereford Conference was held. Yes, and what a beautiful conference it would have been. I can imagine. Apart from the infections. They had, like, extra tours where you could do things like go whitewater rafting. I was looking at it. Oh, I would recommend. I have that exact image in my head. but (laughs) It's a wild experience. (laughs) Basically, uh, my lovely friend pours me into a car. And she drives us that day, I think, four hours to our next spot. And I keep offering to drive. And she later tells me, why? Did you want us to die? (laughs) (laughs) In my mind, I'm going, if she is as tired as I am, we definitely need to be switching drivers. And she is looking at me going like, no, man, I'm good to drive. Going like, wow, she wants us to die is like the only explanation for that. But 
I don't think she was as tired as you are from the story. Oh no, that you just she told. definitely wasn't. She was energized by the reaver. Well, you can be energized too in New Zealand when the travel bubble opens up. That's great. Do not let any of what I've just said deter you. New Zealand is a beautiful place and white rotor rafting, if you're like a normal person, you would enjoy that. And I enjoyed great patches of it. I did. <laughs> We talked in uh, the last episode where we caught up about how dangerous bubbles have become, but we've come up with a beautiful, lovely, positive bubble, and you can see even more bubbles if you go whitewater rafting in New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, dear. And, uh, yeah, it's real cold now, so ideal time. Oh, there's glaciers, and it's melting. So, guys, you got to go see the glacier. Like, it's not going to be there forever. Things are fucked up. Go see the glacier. Glacier. Have I said it wrong like 14 times in a row? Glacier? Glacier? Yeah, let's go with that. We'll say it quickly. Don't worry about it. Anyway. Luckily, we haven't spent too long on it, so. <laughs> You'll cut that, right? No. <laughs> Break. It's all in the show. <laughs> no edits this week is what I'm hearing. No edits this week. Well, it will be. I'm imagining I'll edit it in half. <laughs> Because uh, we've chatted for a while, which is lovely. I I absolutely wanted this to be a two-parter. I think that comes to the end of our New Zealand section of the show. We can still talk about New Zealand for the rest of the show, but what would you recommend? What do you think is something that's going to pick up after coronavirus or or because of coronavirus in the coming weeks? I bought some um, booze for my mum. I'm making us sound like alcoholics. We're not. It's a fancy wine that she likes, so I bought her you some. You weren't and... making you sound like alcoholics until then. <laughs> okay, I bought a special treat for my mum. Whatever it is, undisclosed. <laughs> no, that makes it sound even <laughs> sketchier. I bought, I bought a mystery treat. Woo! The, the okay. ambrosia of the gods. <laughs> I bought something boring for my parents. I took it back for them and I gave it to them. And for my troubles, mum paid me for it, but she paid me in cash. And she said she was giving me cash like she was doing me a favour. And, I, you know, you're getting money. You don't want to say, um, actually, could you just bank transfer it? Because, you know, old people. But I got back, she put it in my head and I'm like, why would she give me this worthless paper? Everything is, it's, it's, no paper transactions. It's just bloop, bloop, pay waves. You don't have to touch anything. Yeah, I mean, everything paperless. Gift cards, maybe. Maybe gift cards are going to pick up because you can't give cash so much. This is true. So that was my thing is that any bank that, you know, does the sneaky with the cashless transactions will likely be suffering remember there was something they were talking about limiting cash purchases this is before rona so it was like a they were limiting cash deposits um you you they were now banning cash deposits of more than ten thousand dollars i don't know about cash transactions Mm. um but that was that was a policy that was brought in to prevent money laundering Mm. which sounded reasonable but then there was some backlash to it and i couldn't quite get around all of it but um yeah no one's using cash anymore doesn't rule everything around me. I think it was I simply mean, because it forced <laughs> money you... does, not cash. I, I think the objection was more a matter of principle because it's basically like if to go cashless, that means you need to put your money with a major financial institution. So it's basically like there's a, on principle... You can't go off the grid and be wealthy. On principle, you shouldn't create a law that says everyone has to have their assets with a financial institution. Like that, that feels like a weird law to pass. I don't know. Um, I think that was the All objection. Right, Justin, you flat earther. I don't agree with it. I'm just trying to explain what the <laughs> no, sentiment was. No, I think was. it might have merit because all I was thinking was, 
man, that's probably going to piss off a farmer. Like, I've not been around people that have been laundering money, but I have been around farmers who sometimes go to sales and they want to pick up a piece of machinery and sometimes they want to pay for it in cash. And that's because they work for the mafia. <laughs> All farmers work for the mafia. Oh, shit, what's the... This is my new theory. What's the... Oh, I can't remember the right word for it. Not the Yakuza. It's the Italian one. The Camorra. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> that's a fun, scary word to remember. So my thing was uh, cash. Get rid of it. What are you doing with it? Uh, giving it to me, apparently. Uh, it's it's useless. Do you work with the Camorra? Are you a, a Camorra-based farmer? No comment. I would never break, man. It's all about the family. Stop asking questions, Justin. Nice farm. Be a shame if something happened to it. I mean, apart from whitewater rafting, which is obviously one of the things that should pick up. Oh, it's going to skyrocket. Well, it's going to generally raft rocket. I do think extreme sports. We were talking earlier about how when you have been missing out on doing stuff, you then want to do it 10 times as much. Mm. I feel like people aren't just going to want to be out in nature. They're going to want to be like a foot off the ground, having jumped off a bridge with a bungee cord. (laughs) They're going to want to be really in amongst it. It does feel a little bit like life is on hold currently. Yeah. And then you reckon there's going to be a corresponding call to action and for us as a generation where we can't really like we might have kids but you know we're not going to buy property or like well no do serious moves like that but you know as a generation we aren't going to buy property which is worrying instead of brunch we'll focus all of our energy to doing dumb fun shit we're already the generation that buys experiences as opposed to possessions so you think we're going to turn that up to 11 i think so i think we are absolutely that's a fun prediction man i i think so because when you want to go back out in the world when you want to stage your interactions and you want to just like gradually do it piece by piece you don't want to be doing lots of stuff so you want the stuff that you're doing to be like really big and intense and cool i'm imagining you will have less get-togethers but there'll be big get-togethers and all of them are going to involve fire jumping off some sort of surface or setting something on fire or both maybe jumping off a surface that's on fire maybe setting yourself on fire and jumping off a surface I haven't worked out the details. I feel like that one of the impulses that we really have to fight is that every time we get safer, the government has to say, no house parties, like a really strict parent, because yep. it's what I want to do. We haven't even had a housewarming, but a little part of me is like, oh, you know what I miss? Getting really, really drunk with a bunch of people in a house war. How good? You're like, no, that's the, that would be very, very bad. Don't do that. But maybe that is something we will be able to do again, and... Like, when we can do it again, I really think that is going to be, like, most of the social stuff. Like, we are going to have no social stuff, and then everyone's going to have a party. And you're all invited to my cool party. It's potentially a bad way to celebrate ending a pandemic. (laughs) Let's do something really risky close together. Let's all celebrate by licking a communal surface. Oh, you know that thing we were talking about the other week when we were, like, watching new media? Oh, not new media, but, like, watching something, and you're like, oh. How could someone be doing that? Don't they know that that's not safe? Yeah. I was watching something the other night and someone put their mouth, they rested their mouth on a like a, a handrail in a club. And I was like, <laughs> that is gross even pre-COVID. What was the emotion being expressed? Oh, they were leaning towards to discuss something with someone. Um, oh, like, right, right. So they were crouching behind the railing and the person was sitting in a seat. So they were sort of like yargoing them over their shoulder. But <laughs> Iago is in the parrot. Yes, of course. Not as in advisor to Othello. 
No. Why would he be on someone's shoulder? That's weird, Justin. Anyway, I'm watching it with my housemate and we're both, we both have this moment of like shuddering, like, no, bad. We had watched these people killing each other. They were having sex with each other. They were doing all sorts of touchy-feely. They kept on having parties. All of that we were fine with. But this one moment where he puts his mouth right up against a railing, we're like, Yeah, there would definitely be a return to putting your mouth on railings, having sex and murdering each other. Uh, And this is my prediction for this week. (laughs) Oh, no. So, let's see how it goes. Oh, no. Context, man. That's bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Things are bad. Uh, Some things are bad, but some things are good. Let's talk about the things that are good. Okay. New Zealand. Well done, New Zealand. Doing some good stuff. New Zealand is doing pretty dang well. I'm pretty stoked about how New Zealand's doing. And to be able to share positive news with you about a a whole nation. Wouldn't it be cool if New Zealand then became a superpower? Like America might be diminishing. China, who's to say what's going on there? If the (laughs) stellar standout dominating superpower that comes from this is the powerhouse that is New Zealand. Donald Trump was saying recently that he was like rejecting the G8 because it represents like old powers of the world. And uh, we need to be including new powers in the meeting. Maybe he's right for the wrong reasons. Like the US <laughs> is going to step out and New Zealand is going to step in. Just it will just be like, stop this. None of that. What are you doing? No. <laughs> Until then, we just have to trust that the new leader of the free world, Jacinda Ardern, can lead her country and the rest of us to freedom. It's so much pressure on someone in like a social media age, but it can work, right? <laughs> It's fine. fine. If anyone can, it's Jacinda. Like, I'm sure she has some bad policies because she's a leader in any context. But Mm. my goodness, it is refreshing to have someone so competent, so nearby, and just out of reach. Oh, well, them's the break. We're not doing too bad as a country. Our response to COVID is is not so bad. Anyway, Justin, we have talked for many a moon, and now I am weary and, quite frankly, in need of a shower. Well, (laughs) i got to wipe these tears away somehow, man. Um, (laughs) Time for a cold shower once again. No, it's so cold. Why? I hate being cold. (laughs) Did you have any final thoughts to leave us with on the podcast? Missing a week is quite odd. It was lovely to chat with you. It was indeed. What a pleasant time. We we should catch up next Sunday, even if we don't do the, the podcast. That would be oh lovely. Oh, my God. We should go for proper brunch somewhere. Let's do it. And we can exclude our other friends. <laughs> I, was, I was literally going to say, don't tell Tiff. She'll be mad if we don't eat at her house. Let's not tell any of our other friends. All we have to do is hope they don't listen on Saturday. Oh, we've convinced all of them to listen to this podcast. What have we done? No. Wait, what if I... Mm. What if I release this in two parts and one of them is like a week later? Ah, uh, genius. I like the idea that we're like, no, Darcy and Justin brunch. Everyone will want a piece of that. Better keep it on the deal. They will. Everyone wants a piece of this action. <laughs> Get on there, kids. Oh, uh, all right. It was good to talk to you. Brunch beautiful. next Sunday. Bye. Let's do it. Bye. You've been listening to Radio Lockdown, a Neptune podcast. Yeah, how do I hang this up? (laughs) I was going to hang up, but that was great. (laughs) Bye. Bye.